This episode of Primetime with Sean Mooney is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Coming up, I'll tell you how you can try ZipRecruiter absolutely free. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. The energy and the the, the the positivity towards like the NWA and towards the show and stuff was just unbelievable. Billy's and, and, and Dave's vision, to me, so far, has been very, very, very good. As much as it's a throwback, it's really just, it's a format that works. And it, honestly, it's the same format as every other wrestling show. It's just the environment is so different. They have been giving opportunities to people like me that haven't had an opportunity the way that we are here. It's a little bit old with the new. It's the most historic, longest running organization around. Man, I, I feel like we're setting things on fire at this point. Hello, everybody, once again, and welcome to Primetime with Sean Mooney. Uh, coming off a great conversation with Trevor Murdoch. And what a unique individual he is. He is one of those people who uh, early on uh, would not take no for an answer. Tough as nails, man. Just uh, really, uh, you, you watch that guy in the ring. He can uh, dish out a beating and take it uh, as much as anybody can give it back. But he's also, you know, he's, he's really, uh, you know, been on quite a journey. He's seen uh, the low of lows and uh, what it uh, took to uh, get started in this business and then worked his way up, uh, made it to the WWE. And then, uh, you know, uh, things didn't work out tremendously well at the end of his ride there. And, uh, you know, he went out there and kept working, then decided, you know, maybe it's time for me to hang up my boots. And then the uh, NWA comes along, it comes a calling, and uh, he is, he's back. He is uh, back in the ring and uh, just, uh, you know, slaying the audiences out there. I mean, uh, people just love him. I, I was there. I've seen him uh, perform in the ring. And I'll tell you, when I first started uh, watching NWA Power, He's one of the first guys that really grabbed my attention. I just thought every match I saw him in were just great. You know, that uh, real old school feel. He's not doing, you know, moonsaults off the, the top rope. He's not, uh, you know, flying through the the uh, the ropes on, on top of people. He's just, he's just down and dirty out there getting it done and really, really entertaining matches. But uh, you heard the conversation. He's uh, just a great guy and uh, really appreciates everything that uh, he's had along the way. Uh, certainly no, no ego involved there, man. He just, uh, he just likes working hard. And uh, now it's uh, you know, paying off. I mean, he's back in there. And I'll tell you, the, the crowd reaction he gets is, uh, is tremendous. He's becoming a big favorite among uh, NWA fans. And I just wish him the best of luck. I hope it just keeps rolling for Trevor Murdoch. And uh, while we're on the subject of the NWA, did you catch the debut episode of The Circle Squared uh, last night on YouTube? Hey, it's out there, folks. Uh, From the minds of Billy Corgan and Dave Lagana, this program that I am privileged to host uh, gives some of the best talent from the independents out there uh, a chance to compete for a contract with the NWA. But there is so much... Uh, more to this program. Uh, the best part about it is that it's all interactive. It's as it, it, you'll be. Uh, uh, I hope you were paying attention last night if you saw it. But there's just so much involved in this program for you, for the people that uh, are fans of uh, the NWA, because you get to decide 
who's going to get this contract. And you get to do your very own watch-alongs if you'd like to. And you get to submit comments. And then you vote to see who stays or who goes. But it is, like I said, interactive. And, uh, you know, you got uh, things going on with these matches. You got these little these pop-up things that come up with people watching and giving their take on what's happening. And you can be that person as well. So uh, I hope that uh, you check it out. Now, we'll get to my conversation this week in just a minute. But first, I want to talk to all of our listeners out there who own your own businesses. Uh, it is hard enough these days to run a business. Uh, I know personally, because I ran my own production company for nearly a decade. And, you know, while it's great to be your own boss, uh, the downside is that most of the time you are just that, on your own. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes you just want to, uh, you know, listen to a great podcast like Primetime with Sean Mooney and, and not worry about how you're going to find somebody who is skilled enough, who works as hard as you do, with a great attitude to fill that position that you need filled. And believe me, I wish uh, I had ZipRecruiter around when I was uh, with Moonrise Productions, when I had Moonrise Productions. But um, the great thing about it, though, is that you can, and I can help you do it free, absolutely free. That's right. But first, let me tell you another story. Now, uh, Condable uh, co-founder Gretchen Hebner experienced just how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a new game artist to grow with her education tech company. But then she switched to ZipRecruiter. And guess what, folks? She saw an immediate difference. And you can, too, by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash primetime. That's right. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And by using ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter candidates... Uh, Gretchen found it easier to focus on the best ones. That's what you want, right? And then you pick the right one, the one that's just right for you. In fact, after posting her job on ZipRecruiter, Gretchen said she was honestly surprised she found qualified applicants so quickly and then hired a new game artist in less than two weeks. That's all it took, folks. So with results like that, it's no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the very first day. You hear that? Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. That's incredible. So, see why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address at ZipRecruiter.com slash primetime. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash P-R-I-M-E-T-I-M-E. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Okay, do it. If you're looking for somebody, man, that is the way to go. Um, I am really, really excited about my new alliance with the National Wrestling Alliance because, you know, not only do I get to connect with some very talented veterans like Trevor Murdoch, who we had on the program last week, but also people like Tim Storm, who is just fantastic, uh, Eli Drake, Aaron Stevens, who I love, man, he is, uh, he's just <laughs> a funny guy and uh, a very skilled athlete. But also, um, you know, some of the generation of the uh, professional wrestlers now who are tearing up the ring, like Nick Aldis and Ricky Starks. Uh, you got to check that guy out, man. He is an up-and-comer, as they say. And then women wrestlers like Allison Kay and uh, Melissa Cervantes, who uh, you probably know as Thunder Rosa. That's right. And let me say, first of all, Thunder Rosa is a 
badass. She is absolutely a badass. Uh, not only is she a tremendous wrestler, she's also a skilled MMA fighter now, uh, having recently had her first professional fight. Uh, but she's also the NWA Women's World Champion. That's right. She has got it all going on. And as I said, did I mention she's a badass? She is. But, uh, oh, there is so much more to tell you about this very gifted athlete. So, what do you say? Let's get to my conversation with Thunder Rosa. Ding, ding, ding. Hey, folks, you know, over the last five years, we have seen a meteoric rise of women in professional wrestling. Uh, we've witnessed uh, what has happened with female superstars in the WWE to the point where we have now seen an all-women pay-per-view event with uh, the Evolution broadcast and then the first female match ever uh, in, at an event in Saudi Arabia. And that rise continues throughout the world of professional wrestling. That wave includes my guest this episode, who first made a name for herself with Lucha Underground and is quickly becoming a big star with the new NWA and its power program. Melissa Cervantes, uh, a.k.a. Thunder Rosa, welcome to Primetime. Hi, Melissa. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, uh, a lot is uh, going on in your life right now. And I always uh, think it's interesting when you talk to people because when people start knowing your name, they think, oh, they just came on the scene. They, Boy, they, this has been a, a bit of a road for you. And I think what it really started about five years ago. Yes, uh, I started training in 2014 in uh, uh, Goldmine APW after yeah. I was supposed to be training in Hayward, California at the old APW garage where uh, Roland Alexander was from. But yeah. uh he passed away and I lost all my money, so I had to find another school. Oh boy, that's a that's a that's a tough start, but it shows you were determined because <laughs> you found another one. But uh, yeah. uh, what got you to the point where you wanted to start training? I think you had jujitsu training. Did that come first, and then you know the martial arts or what? No, I didn't have no background on anything. Um, I was oh, no. uh, I was actually on the process of applying for my master's degree. I had the I I was looking actually cleaning my uh, son's closet and I found my application, my complete application for my master's degree that I never turned in. Um, yeah. Because that's like the money that I used for the, uh, the school, I was going to use it for that. So it, that was happening and I had a really stressful job and I just like started watching indie wrestling. I used, and um, my husband was the one who really thought that I will be great at becoming a professional wrestler. And um, I would dry out, and I just liked it. And I noticed that I was in really bad shape, and and um, I always wanted to stand out, even if it was in a different way. I wanted to stand out on how my body looked and everything. So that's how how I started training uh, outside of the ring. And then I also had to learn how to tumble. I went to like acrobatics classes for adults, so I can learn how to do handstands. So I can do like learn how to roll. Yeah. So I learned the basics of stuff before I got into the ring. So I didn't want to be like that chubby girl that couldn't even run the ropes and will get like super gassed and super tired like the first round. I want to be the best in the class if I was going to yeah. join for something like that. You know, I just didn't want the guys to treat me like a girl. And I wanted them to like, I wanted to earn their respect. That is, mm-hmm. That's one thing that I noticed. Like bef- even before I stepped in the ring, like my husband and I, we used to volunteer. We used to tear rings. Um, I used to be the ring girl. I was just like trying to learn the business before I got into it. Cause I always did that. I always did my research for like 
for school and for everything like that before I got my feet really wet into things. So I knew what I was getting myself into. And that's what I did. Yeah. Were you always a, a good athlete? Uh, you know, you say you didn't have any training, but were did you, you know have the the basics of just being a good athlete? You play other sports. But I learned all the sports when I was older. Like my parents never really had the time or the money to support us on sports. We were four girls in our house in Mexico, and my parents really struggled to make ends meet. And um, sports were like secondary in our house. Like the first thing it was to put food on the table and make sure that we got an education because getting an education was to get out of poverty. So that was what is ingrained on me. And then even when they were not pushing me, I always pushed myself to get the best grades and to be the best in my class because yeah. I that's what's going to get me out of it. And that's what happened. I, I mean, I got out uh, of my of the area that I used to live because I went to UC Berkeley and that's where everything happened oh. in the Bay. Yeah. yeah. What was it like to grow up in Tijuana? It was back then it was nice. I mean, yeah. you knew all your neighbors. Uh you grew, I grew up in the same place. I, I didn't really move. Um, uh, it was pretty pretty calm. Uh, but by the time I came to the United States, it was like 2003, 2004, 2005. That's when things started getting a little more difficult. After mm-hmm. 2000, um, after 9-11, that's when things really, really started changing for us. Right. You know, because, yeah. uh, you know, we live in the border and uh, my, my dad used to work in, the, in, in San Diego. So it was really hard for him to cross the border. And things just started getting really difficult. So that's when my dad decided that it was time for us to move to the United States. Yeah. And how did the uh, uh, opportunity to go to UC Berkeley, and that must have been quite a culture shock to, to, uh, was. Go, to it, go there. When I was in high school here in the United States, that's when I started getting involved in a lot of that stuff. And that's when I learned that there was an opportunity for me to to get the best education. And that meant I could leave the area that I was living. So. I applied to all the UC Berkeley schools that I could for free, too, because I, I I was always like the type of person that I always look for opportunities. And if I can get something for free, I'll do it. So <laughs> yeah. I did. And I got into UCLA, UC Berkeley, UC San Diego, Arvine, and another wow. one, Santa Barbara, I think. And I wanted to go to UCLA. I actually went to a program in UCLA and I was like, I just like I just liked it a lot. But my husband's like, I don't want to live in L.A. There's too much traffic. We should go to UC Berkeley. So before I went to UC Berkeley, we took a trip and I visited the school and I was like, oh, my God, this is pretty great. Yeah. Area is awesome. And um, we made the decision. We packed a 1989 caravan and we drove for 15 hours because it was overheating every hour. So we had to pour oh. water and just like wait another hour. And it's just like we made it. We didn't have any money. He just. And then when we got there, he lost his job, so I was the only one bringing money in, in, in there. So it was it was rough, but yeah. my dream was to become the first one in my family to graduate from college. Yeah, that's fantastic, and uh, congratulations on that. You mentioned that uh, you were thinking about getting your master's, but was it the plan uh, to you know get your degree and then go into uh, you know social causes? Were you was that what you had initially thought you were going to do and uh, when did the dream change? Or I think everything started changing when I started making real good money in wrestling. <laughs> I was, yeah. like, it was it a sideline? And because I know you did do a lot of uh, work with kids and uh, addiction-related uh, causes and that kind kind of thing. So were you doing both, or how did that? How did those roads converge? I think it was when I started doing the working with the families in, in the community. 
I was able to make my own schedule. And then at the same time, I got signed for Lucha Underground. So mm-hmm. I was coming in to work really late on Mondays. And then um, I wasn't really like putting the time and the effort that I needed to put on my clients. And, but I, I, I mean, the money with Lucha Underground was really good. And I started saving all of it. So I think that's when my husband and I, we decided that it was a better idea for me to focus on one thing only in that was wrestling. Cause uh, let's be honest, the life shelf of the women in wrestling is kind of short. And I started kind of mm. old in this business. So I said, well, we're going to go all out all these next five years and see what happens. And and that's what I did. So I, I stopped working full time and I said, I'm going to be a wrestler, but I'm going to use this platform to help other people. If I have time to do volunteer work, I'm going to keep doing volunteer work. I'm going to keep working with a youth or I'm going to keep working with uh, community organizations that I like. And, um, and that's what I continue to do when I was in Oakland uh, or here in San Antonio. Yeah. And I, and I saw in an interview that uh, you mentioned uh, when you talk about that work, that and anybody that's in that uh, that line of work, it's it's very stressful emotionally, and that yeah. you didn't really uh, here you were this person who was you know trying to help these people who had uh, you know serious stress and serious emotional issues, and yet you weren't taking care of yourselves, and so did the wrestling become that outlet? Yeah. Before it really became until it really started happening for you. Yeah, wrestling and fitness became my my outlet. It was just okay. like all this anger and all this. Uh, frustration that I had I would just leave it in the ring or when I was hitting my partners because they always told me I was very stiff so <laughs> I was yeah. again. So it, I would just leave it there and then when I come to work I was just like just thinking about oh man I can't wait for the weekend to get on the ring you know and, and wrestling for our people so uh we we kind of fast forwarded there as far as uh the career went but obviously it's especially when you don't have any training or background or you don't come from a family uh, how rough was it initially to, you know, first get through school of, of, of learning how to do this and then finding work? Man, um, it was rough. Uh, I yeah. mean, I just remember balancing a full-time job and having to drive for an hour and a half to the school. Then an hour, an hour and a half back home and then waking up at five in the morning. It was, it was rough. And then it was even more rough when we had like, um heat week and where they used to teach us how to like do heat but we have to take heat so that means that we were going to get beat up and i remember yeah. one time the vets will come and they will beat the crap out of us yeah. and i remember my neck was so purple and my husband was like stop crying and i'm like my my neck hurts it's like it really hurts i can't move it it's just like well you got to suck it up because it's going to be a long road and you got to be you got to be tough you know and i remember going to work and I'm like, yeah, easy well, for him to say, right? <laughs> well, you know, he played football and he did a, like a bunch of sports. So he's, yeah. he's, he's a hard knock. So he doesn't take it easy on me. Like he's the one who like got me in the, in, in the gym and he'll, I'd be like crying when I'm doing reps yeah. and he's like, you stop dying. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. Um, but my, my coworkers always laugh because I couldn't move. So in certain days I'll be like moving like this my whole body. Yeah. I couldn't move. It was really, really rough. Yeah, everybody is like, yeah, I want to be a wrestler. My dreams to become a wrestler. I want to be in WWE. And then three months later, I'm like, oh, I don't think this is for me. Yeah. You know, if you don't have the heart and if you don't have a mental toughness, like you cannot do that. Like, like you weed yourself out real quick. And it's like all this, like everybody talks and everybody says they want to do this and everybody says they're going to do that. And like, 
I look back and like some people like text me back and I'm like, oh, I remember when we did the tryout together. What have you done with your life? And they're like, oh, we're really proud of you. You've done really much, a lot, yeah. a lot more than we ever thought you would. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I guess, you know, the first real break and you know, did work for some other organizations professionally, but you, you talk about that Lucha Underground and, uh, that, that's a really, uh, I love watching that. And when I first got turned on to it, uh, it was just very different which is the same with what you're involved in now. But what was that experience like for you? And then, you know, as far as you developing as a performer, how, how much did that help you? Man, it, it helped me tremendously. It was, the pressure was on. There were, I, I always learned by, you know, trial by fire. The same mm-hmm. with like now with MMA, I jumped in like on, like right off the bat and I should have like, yeah. I mean, looking back, you're like, oh man, I should have waited a little bit. But, you know, sometimes, opportunity to knock on the door and you have to open the door and you have to go for it and you got to run with it. And that's what I did with Blue Chandler Brown. I remember my first match with Bengala was like one of the most difficult things I've done because I've never done Lucha. I didn't train on Lucha and yeah. I was very unfamiliar with a lot of the moves and, and, and the psychology. So it was rough. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was a tremendous opportunity and I made the best out of it, but it was very, very rough and very difficult. Like there was nights that I will come back to, to my room and I will cry you know, on the floor because I felt so ashamed for my performance and because I wanted to do more. I mean, I'm working with people that have 20 years of experience. I've been all over the world, like uh, Rey Mysterio, um, Chavo Guerrero, Chavo Guerrero Sr., um, a lot of the writers and executives there, um, some of the ladies that were there, um, some Mexican legends that were there. I mean, and that was like the greenest of the greenest. And then I was put in one of the most like important roles that they have in the show. So you can only imagine, like, I had to rely so much on char- character development for Cover Moon and get the character over, you know, mm-hmm. more than my and everything else, because I knew that I I lacked on on that area. But um, but I did everything they told me to do. I listened. And when they were giving me feedback, I will always ask for feedback and I will always ask for things that I could do better. And when they saw me the next season, they're like, oh, my God, you can see the a huge difference. And the last season, unfortunately, a lot of people didn't get to see it. That's when I was able to do a lot more because I feel more yeah. comfortable with the character and with the moveset and everything. So uh, I don't know if, uh, you know, along the way you were just waiting to see what opportunities would come along or did you have a, a plan? I mean, was it, uh, did you want to get to the WWE? I mean, what, what has been, what was the plan along the way when you really started to see things happening? And I, I imagine you gained confidence uh, as you went along too. I mean, I noticed that um, there's a lot of politics and there's a lot of who you know and who you uh, associate yourself with in order to get certain opportunities. So I noticed that I wasn't like in the in the club sometimes. I was mm-hmm. kind of like the outsider. So I always feel that way. So I always said, and um, like I said, my husband and I were like a, a strong team. We're always like discussing opportunities together. And, um, and we always said that we we're going to do things our own way that they were going to fix us or they were going to talk to us because of my talent, because they've seen there's something special or whatever. Um, I mean, I thought of going to the WWE, but I didn't uh, really pursue it because I feel like when I, and when I want something, I go for it completely. But when I'm, yeah. when I'm not fully interested, I, I don't like, then I started noticing that a lot of people sit on NXT for a long, long time. And I didn't want to do that. I don't want to move my whole entire family to Orlando because I have, I mean, I have a kid and I have a, I have family. It's not like I'm single. Yeah. If I was younger and I was single, no problem. I will do whatever it takes. 
I mean, there's a lot of sacrifices that you have to do as a as a women wrestler, as a mother, and you know, as you know, as a wife. And and I didn't want to put my husband in, in that situation. I'm already putting my husband and my son and my dog through a lot because I'm like gone for weeks, you know. So it's it's rough. It's rough for the whole entire family because I'm I'm a pillar in, in the family. Yeah. Well, and uh, but it must be encouraging to you. I mean, as I mentioned when we started this conversation of all the opportunity that is out there now, um, you know, like when I worked in the business while I was with the WWF, and I've told this story many times, or I've talked about it many times, is that you know, women were someone that they, you know, they people that they brought in as kind of a, a sideshow in a sense, you know, not that they weren't very talented professionals, but that's just where it was at the time, and. Uh, you know, people like Sensational Sherry, uh, Sherry yeah. Martell, who helped move that that bar for yeah. people, you know, and they helped uh, they helped them do that. And now you're seeing it's just amazing that uh, there's all this opportunity where look what we've seen happen with the WWE, as I mentioned, and also out there and, uh, with other organizations. So do you feel it's a really good time to be where you are? Absolutely. Um could not be a better time. I talk to Jazz all the time, and she tells me like she wishes that she would have been in the time that we are now, because yeah. people would have appreciated what she had before, you know. And um, and yeah, I mean, you can literally be whoever you want, have the any body shape, and people will still. There's always market for everybody now, yeah. which is really, really good. But I also think that with that, um, the market is uh demanding that we as female wrestlers are full like athletes that like they want they want to see flips they want to see everything kind of like the guys you know so um i mean i i take pride on that and and i always be like i want to look like an athlete i want to perform like an athlete in the ring inside and outside and the same thing with um being a, a good performer because we are we are performers at the end of the day yeah well and it, and it just shows you that uh the popularity of it because one thing about this business is that all it all that matters is if people want to see you. All that matters is if you entertain them, and it doesn't matter if it's a male, female, uh, at all. It's just and and we're seeing now that that it, that the audiences want to see it, and so there is all this opportunity. And and uh, with that, and I'm sure there will be as you you travel down this road. But uh, why NWA, and how did that opportunity come along? Well, I was. So I was waiting for Combate to send me my contract. Combate Americas is the MMA uh, company that I was talking to for like a couple months. I was waiting on them. And then WWE contacted me to become a referee. So I was kind of like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I said yes yeah. because I wanted to do the tryout. I mean, it's an opportunity regardless. Right. And then Dorian, the hurricane happened. And my stuff just keep getting delayed and keep getting delayed. So they canceled my tryout and they said, come back next week or in two weeks. And I'm like, well, in two weeks, my, my fight camp is going to start. So I'm not going to be able to do this. Yeah. And I said, thank you very much for the opportunity, but I, I have to decline, you know? And then after I say that the next day, uh, David Logana contacted me directly and he's like, do you want to be part of the NWA? And mm-hmm. I was just like, Oh my God, like this is so crazy. Cause he just keep telling me, be patient. I got something for you. Be patient. I got something for you. But I got tired yeah. of hearing that all the time that I'm like, man, nothing is going to come out like this. Right. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, we, we want you. And, uh, you know, Billy wants to see you. And if, if he sees what I see in you, you're pretty much going to stay with us. And I'm like, I'm, I'm all in. And I'm like, 
let's let's do it you know because I feel like I worked in other promotions and um I didn't feel like I was taken serious or um that I, I will be like one of their talents so with them it was from day one and they were fine with uh you doing the MMA as well absolutely so yeah they're very supportive very very supportive on that so I do want to talk about that other part of your life, but uh, since we're on the subject of NWA, uh, what do you see happening with uh, Power and uh, the other projects they have planned, and, and what's happened? What, what, what's what's it like to be a part of of uh, what's happening with the the new NWA? Well, it's it is very exciting and it's very accelerating for me because um, they're really picking people that they feel that they can fulfill what. Billy wants for for the end of the way the new mm-hmm. the new way like he wants us to be us and he doesn't want like um any pokey stuff pokey stuff I'm sorry and he mm-hmm. wants people that are going to support the organization and that are there for the organization not for themselves and I think that that's the reason why it's like the people that are, are in are there is because they want to make the NWA better I mean there's a lot of uh awesome history in NWA but there's also a lot of bad stuff that happened during this whole years in the NWA. And I think he wants to do something very, very positive with, with the organization. Yeah. And, and you look at the roster, it's not a really big roster. And as, uh, you know, I talked to Dave and I've also talked to a few of the other guys that are on the roster now. And it's, and as far as the women go, I mean, there's, I, I don't know, uh, seven or so of you on the roster. And obviously, uh, that's got to feel pretty good in a, in, in a sense. Uh, kind of an elite way uh, because, um, you know, they're not picking a lot of people and they want to make sure those that help them start to build this are the ones they want. So do you feel a a part of that? And is it, uh, and that you are really helping them build a foundation with this uh, new wave they've got going? I think so. I I really Uh do think so. Um, Like I said, um, they have been giving opportunities to, People like me that haven't had an opportunity the way that we are here, and like the way that they're show the way that they're showcasing me and showcasing all the women in in the show, it's it's, it's different, you know. Um, I like it. I I really enjoy working for the NWA. Like I'm I'm all in for them, and um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be there until and and until I don't want to be there or they don't want to be there. <laughs> yeah, well that's that's great, and it's it's great that they allow you to do these other things as well. Which I think only helps their organization uh, too. Uh, are there? Uh, what are? Who are some of the women on the roster that uh, that you're close to and who have also helped you develop? That I'm close to. I mean, Ashley Vox. She started around the same time, so mm-hmm. we're kind of like fresh in there. Um, Marty. Uh, we had um, before we we did shows together. I d- didn't really did much with a lot of the girls there. I mean, we've been in shows together and other indie shows together. But um, now we, we all get along, and that's like that's a good part. You know, we we get along well, and we work really well. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great roster, and it's been fun to see this happen. And now I, I guess we've kind of gone through the first season. Are you excited about what's what's ahead? Yeah, yeah I'm very excited. I, I just want to see what's um, in the storyline and and what twists and turns we're gonna have in in the women's division. And um, I just like I like, really love getting in the podium. Cutting the promo and then getting in on the ring. I really enjoy yeah. doing that. It's really cool. And what about the crowd? Do you like that, uh, that closeness and? Yeah, it was, it was weird because I came 
as a total heel and people were like chanting my name and it was just like oh my god this is so weird you know but um i mean that's just a testament of like the hard work that i've been putting for the last couple of years and and they appreciate what i'm doing in the ring so yeah and and the look too uh you know the uh the uh calavera uh look you know and i live uh near the border in, in arizona in tucson and of course uh, we have our dia de los muertos it's a huge event that they have here uh, what is the influence of that, and where did that come from that you want decided you wanted to use uh, that influence with your um, character? It came from a, a, a place that I used to work at uh, in Merced, California. Uh, it was mm-hmm. like Luch Extreme, it was called, and they needed to uh, address more um, Latino Latino fans because they were struggling to draw people. So they yeah. decided that it would be a great idea if I painted my face like a shooter skull. Because it was popular, it was getting that's when it was getting like very popular. So I painted my full face, and then they were like, "No, uh, you're too pretty to use a full face. Let's do, let's do half." And then I started yeah. using half. And I only use half in there. Like everywhere else, I wasn't painting my face, but in Japan, my stuff weren't getting over. My character wasn't getting really over. And then I suffered a concussion uh, a month in my to- my first tour, and then I was out for like a whole month. And then my husband suggested I should paint my face as a representation that I almost died. And now I'm kind of like half, half dead, half alive. And then I started using that and the fans really, really, really enjoy it. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a great look. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the MMA and, uh, and, and going into this. And, and a lot of the professional wrestlers have been, you know, doing the crossover. Not everybody can do it. Uh, there's, there, there's people that, uh, you know, maybe great wrestlers, but it is an entirely different world. And anybody that tries to confuse the two is <laughs> is very wrong. So was that something that you all, you know, once you started getting into this, that that was something you wanted to do? Or how did that uh, that contract come about with the combate? Well, I started doing uh, jujitsu in 2016 and then... Um, I wanted to do competitions, but because I was always working, I was never able to do competitions. Then um, yeah. Alberto Rio became really involved with Combate Americas probably since uh, 2017. So they started asking different athletes from different uh, from different areas if they were interested in doing MMA. Uh, the first one that uh, crossover from from wrestling was Sexy Star. She had a mm-hmm. fight on April last this year, and then. In January, we were entertaining the idea. Alberto talked to me, and he's like, hey, are you interested in doing this? And I was just like, uh, let me talk to my husband. And I talked to my husband, and he was like, I mean, if you want to do it, let's just, you just have to be committed and just have to train because this is not this is not something that is going to be super easy. So we kind of put it on the side, on the back burner. And then um, Mike, who's, the, who's one of the second-in-command in Combate Americas, uh, contacted me and then he's like hey are you interested in doing this um and then i was like well let me think about it a little bit more i thought about it he's like talk to the coaches that you've been working uh, working with and see what they say and then i talked to them and i'm like well you know this is what's happening they want me to do a pro match what do you guys think and they were like well it's a lot uh, it is all up to you because you have to be here all the time and i'm like all right then it's on and then i said yes and like I said, I was waiting for the contract forever, and then the contract came in. I signed it, and I'm like, holy crap! I'm like, I'm on this. So I started yeah, training. Yeah, I started training like full time, full time. Oh Jesus! Uh, at the end of June, and man, it was such a like crash course on MMA. Like I had to learn everything super quick, and I was, you know, 
um, when, when I stepped into the cage, it was, I mean, it was a very beautiful experience, like the whole thing. Um, I just wish I would have trained striking and everything else a little bit more before my first fight. But, um, but all in all, it was a, a wonderful experience. Um, all the fans, like all the wrestling fans came and were the loudest in, in the arena and, um, the outpour of, of support, as you can see, I have like, I was able to get a lot of sponsors yeah. and they were like not even hesitant to like support me in, in any way that they could from my, my fight camp. And, um, that were of support from other women actually, um, in my social media was really awesome. Like they, I was able to, um, make them feel like they can do stuff that they never thought they could. And, um, it, it just felt really, really great. And, um, now I have a little mark right here. I got busted open. Yeah, nice <laughs> scar to, to show off. I have to win my my next fight, but it's good. Like um, I had to take a little time off after the fight, uh, and um, but um, but I'm like, really excited because I have three more fights and I can't wait to see my development in the next uh, couple of years. And I know that um, it's gonna be amazing because we can, I get to train in other countries, I get to make other relationships with other people that otherwise I wouldn't be able to do. And just it's just the journey has been. Uh, Pretty amazing. It gives you a, another perspective of pro wrestling. And the so whole you, you had no other, you didn't have any amateur fights before this one when that was the first time. Really? And they, they closed the door. I was like, all right, it's on. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, and you, and you handled yourself extremely well. I know I saw the video of, uh, you know, the backstage stuff in, in the locker room after it was over. I know those guys were very impressed with your performance. And given the fact that, you know, Mandiao was, uh, by three inches taller than I think when she had a seven inch reach on you. Uh, it was, wow. I was, I was trying to get out and her hand was already there. It was like yeah. seven inches. Like, wow. But it was, she was an amazing competitor. And mm-hmm. at the end, we exchanged words. Uh, she lost her first uh, pro MMA fight too. Um, and I know that I just have to train harder and I have to uh, compete in jiu-jitsu and I have to get more into like that mindset of competition, which is, what makes uh, fighters to win their fights. And you have to be, when you step in the cage, you have to feel ready. You cannot be afraid of anything. And then you just have to go for it and go for all the marbles. And I think um, on my second fight, definitely is something that um, I'm really looking forward to it. And, um, and I'm working really hard to like, to achieve uh, the, my first W on, on MMA. Yeah. And uh, are they, is it a 50, 50 balance or is uh want a priority what what uh, do you want to see happen um, for, more for training wise is pretty much i train mma and jiu-jitsu all the time and that is translated into my my ring my conditioning is incredible in the ring i don't get tired i can have yeah. like 30 minute matches and i'm i'm good um, nothing <laughs> it's <just> good <laughs> and it's just like it just teaches me consistency. I have to be consistent with everything. Um, but I have to be always cautious when I'm in the ring and doing pro wrestling because that's when you get like the nagging injuries from all the bumps that we take. And they really, they're hurting more than ever now that I'm like stepping in, in the ring. So I'm like, ooh, I gotta take which, which one? Oh my God. You know, it's like you really think about your longevity in, in the ring. And it has made me like, I will say a smarter worker in a way. Yeah, and, and and as you mentioned, I mean you're uh, an older athlete in in this world. I mean, as far as the uh, MMA goes, a lot of these uh, people are younger. But in some ways, uh, 
you know, it, it can work in your favor just from the experience you, you have. And how did that, when you, um, you know, obviously were training and wrestling first, how did that help you make the transition? Was it, was it, uh, a big advantage for you or just the conditioning part of it? Or what are the, how did the wrestling come into that? Um, I will say like feeling comfortable in certain positions in, in the cage. Yeah. As a pro wrestler, like they really hope like when, um, being against the cage, it's like, it comes so natural to me. And, and just working that, it was like really, really, really comfortable. Um, when practicing, um, takedowns and stuff like that, that's another, another thing. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of things that I need to work on in, um, in pro wrestling definitely helps. But, um, I think what, what, to answer your question directly will be uh, the amount of effort that I put when I was training as a pro wrestler to learn all the moves and to get it done. It's like, what is the amount of effort that I put for MMA to learn striking, to learn more time, to learn, you know, grappling and all that. Because again, I had to learn everything from scratch because I didn't know nothing about pro wrestling. And then I knew some of MMA, but I didn't know to the extent to have a pro pro yeah. fight. Wow. So what is the uh, what's the perfect world here if uh, if everything goes according to uh to your plan to Thunder Rosa's plan how, how does it uh, what's the perfect world of what you'll be doing Um well I'm going to be touring in Japan for a couple a couple of weeks in the next yeah. month, uh, year uh continue to do NWA um definitely win my second pro MMA fight and um I want to pursue my um my certification as a prof- uh, as a trainer, physical trainer. Um, I'm working with one of my sponsors actually here locally, and they've been talking to me for over a year to become a, a trainer. And I'm just like, I'm just busy, you know, like isn't that? And they're like, Well, we are very flexible with your schedule, with your schedule, so you're interested. So I'm like, I think it's 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 time. I'm getting older. I need to have my my plan B, and what better way than to become a um, trainer? Well, no, I'll tell you, uh, Melissa, I think, I think you're just getting started. So <laughs> I think you've got a, a long way to go and I'm going to enjoy watching it happen. But really, congratulations on, on everything so far. And, uh, I really look forward to see, uh, seeing what you're going to be doing with the NWA and how that continues to develop. And, you know, in this exciting world and, uh, we, we, we see that, uh, you know, female athletes in MMA are also getting a lot of attention. So, like I said, I think your your wave is just starting to crest here. All right, well, hopefully you're you're speaking, you're preaching. To <laughs> I'm a prophet, I, right? <laughs> but I'm very positive. I feel really, really positive. And like I said, it's just, it's just putting my mind and in, in, into it and doing it. That's like number one because I can say, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, and then. I just don't do it, you know, because um, I get sidetracked. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I just really want to keep having fun um, and uh, having the opportunity to do a job that is a dream job and that doesn't feel like a job, you know, and, yeah. and this, this is what I'm doing right now. Yeah, well, I know your fan base keeps growing, and I'm sure you've made a few more uh, during this conversation with the folks that listen to Primetime. So how can they follow you? What's uh what are some of the ways on social media or emails or how can they uh, connect with you? Well, like Thunder Rosa to Facebook, Thunder Rosa 2020 Instagram and Twitter. And they can also go on Big Cartel, thunderrosa.bigcartel.com if they want to get merchandise there. All right. 
thank you for coming on, uh, Melissa, uh, Thunder Rosa. And uh, like I said, best of luck. And I know there's a lot ahead for you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. I really enjoyed this interview. It was like, actually talk about things that I haven't talked about. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll do it again, too, when we have a lot more to talk about, too. So yes. <laughs> thanks. And don't thanks for coming. We have NWA on Tuesdays at 6 5. That's right, folks. And uh, more of the movement is on the way. Yes. Rosa, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Melissa Cervantes has certainly paid her dues, uh, but also has accomplished a lot out of the ring, as she uh, talked about, you know, getting uh, her education and all the opportunities that she had. And then, you know, just as a gifted athlete and, and seizing these opportunities. You know, when you listen to uh, people like uh, Melissa, uh, really, you, you, you see that, you know, uh, sometimes a door opens. I mean, you might get your foot in that door, but I'll tell you what, uh, once you get there, uh, you got to carry the load there. you got to get it done. And, and Melissa certainly did that. And she has accomplished so much. And look where she is right now. She's a, she's a world's champion. And uh, really, uh, I also have to tell you that um, she is uh, just as nice in person. I mean, when I finally uh, met her, uh, she really, she is just so genuine. And uh, really, I, I, there is so much ahead for her. And I am so happy for Thunder Rosa, and I want to thank her for coming on Primetime with Sean Mooney. Um, I hope you enjoyed the debut of The Circle Squared. As I, I mentioned, it uh, debuted last night, uh, where some of the best wrestlers out there in the world of independence get their chance to compete for a contract with the NWA. And this is, uh, you know, um, you know, Billy Corgan and Dave Lagana, you know, they're taking uh, wrestling to uh, new places now. You know, they're really expanding what, uh, you know, the social media platform. And now uh, this show, and as I was talking about before, it, it's this, it's very interactive. Uh, you know, not only do you get to see these guys compete, but you have a say in who gets to stick around and who goes away. And uh, you, you can do your own watch-alongs. You can get your comments in there. You can make videos, and they will include them in the show. It's just a lot of fun, and and they're, and it's just getting started. And I hope uh, you'll take the time to check it out. All you have to do is go to uh, YouTube and and search the Circle Squared. And uh, for more information, really to find out all about it and how you can get involved and uh, submit your videos and all that, just go to nationalwrestlingalliance.com. Uh, folks, once again, I want to remind you: you should check out our Patreon membership. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash primetimemooney and uh, you can get the podcast early and ad-free for as little as four ninety nine a month. Or you can get uh, even more great perks by becoming a Mooney or a Legion of Who member. Uh, you can find all the details there. All you need to do is go to patreon.com slash primetimemooney and check it out. Also, uh, you know, we have so much content coming your way. Uh, every Monday, we put out a new PTSM Network Classic watch-along uh, with me. And uh, this episode, we watched another episode of uh, TNT, Tuesday Night Titans, from February 22nd, 1985. I had a lot of fun watching it. You know, like I say, you know, it is so bad. It is good. And if you haven't checked it out, they drop every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. <clears throat> and, of course... The latest episode from The Vault every Saturday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern as well. And, of course, a new episode of PTSM every Wednesday, an original episode of PTSM 
uh, all dropping at 6 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, but uh, what we've been doing lately, though, with these, when we have the NWA talent, on, we are dropping them right after uh, the program airs. So uh, this one was uh, is out, um, you know, as Tuesday at 7:05 p.m. We dropped this one. So I don't know when you're listening to it, but uh, I hope that uh, you you when we you know do have that, you can catch catch it right after. Uh, the NWA programming because they got a lot of stuff going on there between Power, NWA Power, and now the Circle Squared, and they've got a lot more stuff coming your way as well. Okay, once again, for all you business owners out there, I want to remind you hiring can be a slow process. A zip recruiter can make it so much easier to find the absolute best candidate uh, for your job. And because you listen faithfully to Primetime with Sean Mooney, you can try Zip Recruiter absolutely free. Just go to our website at ZipRecruiter.com slash primetime. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash primetime. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And folks, if you like what you're hearing, please, 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 please go to iTunes, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating and review. It will be very, very much appreciated. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Sean Mooney, and I am out.